Hey everyone, welcome to Lifetouch Global. We're so glad that you are able to join us for this service today. I know that from the moment the service started that God has been doing something awesome in your life. I really feel like from the, from the moment the service started, even doing the testimonies, I saw that God was softening the hearts of the people. You know, uh, we've known God to harden the hearts of people especially like Pharaoh in the Bible, to reveal His glory. But in this season, I really believe that God is softening the hearts of people. It's, 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 the, it's the contrast between judgment and mercy. And I really believe that we've entered into the, into the realm of mercy in this season. So God is softening people's hearts. And, and, I, and I really believe that as you hear God's Word today, that you will experience, you will go into a greater dimension of understanding God's purpose for your life. You know, I heard a wise word on uh, uh, the other day. I don't want to tell you where, but um, it, it, was a, it was a really good word. And, and it actually came out from a UFC fighter, okay? It, it, it was a word of wisdom. It, you know, how, how people talk so many things, different things about fighting and all that kind of stuff. And suddenly out of nowhere, God spoke to me instantly. And the guy said, in order for you to achieve something, you have to believe it first. But in order for you to believe it, you have to conceive it first. In order for you to achieve something, you've got to believe it. But in order for you to believe it, you've got to conceive it first. You know, I know most of you are listening to this word today or you've been hearing the prophetic words and you've been engaging with the worship and things like that. And I really believe that we've entered into a season of having a purpose to hear the word of God, having a reason. I'm listening to the word. I'm, I'm, I'm positioning myself to hear the word of God because I want to get pregnant. I know I'm a guy. I'm saying that. I want to get pregnant with the promises of God. And I believe that it's time for the church, it's time for Christians to understand that we receive the Word of God as seed. And it is good seed on good ground. Touch your heart and say, this is good ground. Tap your heart and say, this is good ground. And God is about to give me good seed. And I'm going to get pregnant with the promises of God. See, unless you conceive with the seed of God's Word, you actually have no faith to believe. This is so kingdom, you know. This is so much like the kingdom of God. And only when you believe, you will actually have the, the faith and the hope for you to achieve the, the things that God wants to release in your life. And I really believe that God is... moving in your heart. He's softening the fallow ground. He's digging that ground. Every area that was hard in your life, in, in your heart, through bad experiences, especially through, through this entire COVID season, these two years that we've, our hearts have somehow become hardened towards the kingdom, church, fellowship, community. And I really believe that God is softening your heart right now. And I really believe that He's, he's Allow, he's softening your heart so that you can receive this word today. And it's going, to be, it's going to be an awesome word. So I pray today that you would conceive every word that God releases to you today. You would conceive it. You would, you would get pregnant with the promises of God. And you would begin to believe 
in that word. See, you must understand a pregnant woman has to believe she's pregnant. Because after a while, the pregnancy will begin to show. You can't live in denial that you are pregnant with the promises of God because people around you will come to you and tell you there's something different about you. You must understand when you receive God's word into your heart and you conceive it with the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will begin to show. You will begin to show. If people will notice, you will notice that you are growing. See, as the word begins to grow on the inside of you, you begin to grow. It's not the other way around. You grow so that the word grows in you. In the kingdom of God, it's a little different. In the kingdom of God, God takes the responsibility of growing you. But you take the responsibility of receiving the seed. You've got to receive the seed and you've got to believe in it. You've got to put your faith in that word because this, this word is going to come to pass and I receive it in that ground. I'm making room in my heart for that word and the Holy Spirit comes and He germinates that seed and now you get pregnant with this promise and you are walking around and you are growing. And as you begin to grow, there will come a point in time where you will give birth to something new that never existed before. And it only happens by the word of God, ladies and gentlemen. Every child that is born is unique. There's never been another child like that in the planet. And there will be a, never be another one after that. There's only one of you in the world. That's how unique you are. That's how special you are to God. And God knows each and every child. He knows every hair that is on your head. For most of you. <laughs> But my point to what I'm saying right now is that when you receive the word of God, you become pregnant and give birth to a promise, to something new that never, that was never on the, on the planet before. You've got to receive the word like that. I'm receiving the word because I'm going to give birth to something new. See, you, even though you have all the, all the grams and all the, the, the scans and all of that, you still cannot make out what the features of that child face is like, what that body structure is like, what the child looks like. You, you don't know it until you give birth. And when you give birth to that child, I really believe that we're entering into a season of birthing right now as a church. Most of you are going to experience in this, in this series that I'm about to teach, it's not a nine month waiting period. Things will happen very quickly in this, in this series. And I really believe that you are going to give birth to something new. But then, as you give birth to that new thing, that doesn't mean that your job is over. You've got to take care of it. You've got to look after that thing. You've got to, you've got to cherish it. You've got to feed it. You've got to grow it. You've got to clothe it. You've got to put your finances into it. But there will come a point in time when the Lord will ask you to give it up. That's another test. But till then, you've got to understand that you've got to steward what God births through you. And I'm speaking to people who are, who are visionaries. I'm speaking to people who will do great and awesome things, not only in this nation, but globally. And God is birthing dreams in your heart. Some of you have gone past that age of dreaming and you're like, oh, what, what would I do in my life? I, I don't see, I can't pay my bill at the end of the month. What, what, what are you talking about? I'm going to do great and mighty things. Trust me, God chooses the unqualified. 
God chooses the ones who have absolutely nothing left except Him. And I really believe that this is a prophetic word for people that are that are in this room and people that are watching the service today, that God is about to birth something new through you. Not just the church, but God is birthing something new through you. I hope you're excited for the word. It's going to be... It's going to be a fun one. We're going to start a new series and the and the, the title of the of this series is called the God Element. Okay? It's called the God Element. It's going to be a very mystical series and uh, today we're going to the the message I'm about to uh, about to share uh, we're going to take the next couple of weeks and build on it. But we're going to use this message to to lay a sort of a foundation to understand where we're going. All right? So, don't worry if it all does not make sense, okay? Don't think, where is this guy going, okay? I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm building a masterpiece for you, okay? So it's going to be good, all right? Have you ever been driving on the road or been in a car and, you know, you're following the law? You are not speeding? <laughs> you are you're very calm you have church music I mean Christian music on and uh, uh, it's not you know progressive trance that makes you want to go faster and faster everything is everything is cool everybody in the car is in a good mood uh, you know no one's fighting and screaming shouting at one another nobody's rushing to the office and it's just a you feel like God is sitting in the car and out of nowhere somebody begins to make a rash decision and cuts you on the road. Everything is fine. You're keeping distance from the car in front and somehow in this nation, when you keep distance, it means come and take your place there. That's how, that's how some people think that if there's a space there, it's not for safety, it's meant to be filled. But the, it's not just filling the space, it's how they fill the space that is a concern. People in, the, in, this, in this nation know what I'm talking about. And so this person, you're driving safely, good mood, everything's fine. And suddenly out of nowhere, this guy comes and uh, he's making, makes a rash decision only to fit right in front of you. Have you ever asked the question, what is this guy thinking, man? <laughs> what is this guy thinking? It's like we have this U-turn near our house, you know? And there's a massive sign that says no U-turn. And somehow that U-turn, every time Kelsey and I are passing, taking the legal U-turn, somebody on the opposite side that is not a U-turn for them, just patiently wait for us to move so they can illegally make a U-turn. And I've always asked the question, what is this guy thinking? See, all our actions are a sum total of the thoughts in our minds. We often judge people's actions based on what we see them do. But we never know what is actually going on in their mind. Maybe they're making that rash decision because someone is about to give birth in the car. And they're rushing them to the hospital. Maybe 
There's an emergency in the car and they need to make that illegal U-turn. And the, we have, in that moment, self-righteousness causes us to judge people based on what we think should be the right decision. See, all our actions are an accumulation or a progressive compounding of quantum energies that envision us and empower us to act upon them. And what I mean by that is a thought, ladies and gentlemen, that enters into your mind is a nanoparticle it's the smaller you, you can't even you cannot even go smaller than that it's a frequency that is the most tiniest particle it is so invisible that you don't even know it's entering into your mind but when once it enters into your mind it has a tendency to attract very similar thoughts into your mind it's the birds of a feather flock together concept but I'm talking about at a quantum level. I'm talking about at a very minute, very, very tiny particle level. See, these thoughts, they, they enter into your mind and over a period of time, it compounds into causing you to act upon them without reasoning, without questioning, without judging it as right or wrong or even judging it as is this a good decision to make somehow you and i become slaves of the thoughts that have compounded in our minds these thoughts that that enter into our mind they don't they don't compel us and don't envision us when it's a single thought have you noticed that it's years of similar thought patterns that compound and compound and compound and compound. And then all of a sudden, you can't get free of these thoughts. You can't get free of doing these things. You somehow feel right by doing the wrong thing. Our actions are always based on an accumulation of these quantum energies. And so these thoughts come your way and they accumulate over a period of time and you begin to act out these, they envision you, these thoughts begin to convince you that what you're doing is actually right when it's actually wrong. There seems to be a self-justification of these actions based on what the thoughts convince you to do. They envision you and they empower you and your obedience to them is faster than your obedience to God. Can you imagine that? Ooh. Your obedience to your own mind carries a greater value than your obedience to the mind of Christ. That's why the Bible says, take every thought captive and submit it to the feet of Christ. There's a reason why he's saying take every thought captive because when those thoughts come into your mind, if you don't have the filter called Christ, you will not know whether that thought is a thought from God or thought of the flesh.
the in the same line jesus says man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god so which means the proceeding word comes from a progressive mind the proceeding word comes from a progressive mind that had accumulated quantum energies that is being that is released into your mind that not only comes to you to accomplish what he desires to do but also to it, it continues to compound as it progresses see god's word takes you not it comes from god to you but it also accomplishes it taking you where god desires you to go that's how amazing god's word is that's how amazing god's thoughts are have you ever asked the question what was god thinking this was actually going to be the title of my message what was god thinking some of my teachers must have asked this question when i was in school what was god thinking when he made john and today we're going to answer that question what was god thinking we're talking about the god element ladies and gentlemen every word that comes from god comes because it is energized by the mind of god but what is in the mind of god have you ever wondered have you asked the question what god what were you thinking when you created me what what were you thinking when you created all things because somehow what he was thinking became the very fabric in which through which life exists what was in god's mind invaded the word that he spoke it was it filled what the word that he spoke it gave his word weight ladies and gentlemen and so when it came out it obeyed what what was in god's mind that energy that was in god's mind obeyed god by becoming what he intended for it to become for example when god said let there be light i mean oh my goodness there was light there was a when god spoke there was an energy that was attached that were that was in that entered into the word and when it came out into the atmosphere of the earth it became what god intended not just what god spoke what god intended for the light to become you must understand when god saw the light he said it was good when he said it was good there must have been a reference point for that goodness Oh come on now. Where is that reference point for him to say it is good? There has to be something that he compares it to. It was in his mind. He saw it which means light existed in the mind of God before it existed outside. And so when God said let there be light, God can speak in any language to you. God does not even need to use language. It's his intention. what is in his mind the energy the quantum energy in his mind he can release it he can impart it he can he can push it out of him and whatever is his intention it begins to serve god according to that intention see light 
was good thousands of years ago and it is still good. That's how amazing God's intention is. That's how amazing, that's how powerful God's mind is. And so as the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we're talking about a man now. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That word heart is the mind. So where did we, how did, how did man get that definition? It's because he's made in the image and likeness of God. So which means, as God thinks, so is he. So as God thinks, so is He. So if God thinks about light, He is light. And Jesus comes on the scene now and He's talking to His disciples and He says, You are the light of the world. Go out into the darkness and be the, be the light. So as your heavenly Father is, so shall you be. I'm trying to point out something that, that will you will fully embrace in a little bit. See, when... What is in God's mind, ladies and gentlemen, became the very fabric upon which all of creation exists. You must understand that everything that God made, everything that God created, if you remove this fabric, life in itself would not exist. But this fabric is so small that you can't see it with the naked eye. Have you ever seen a thought enter a person's mind? Never. But you can feel the energy of a thought in a person. What was God thinking when He created the world? I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1. You're going to love this man. I'm telling you. Genesis chapter 1. Everything that God does is empowered and envisioned by what is in His mind. You must understand that. We lay a great emphasis on the spoken word. But what is the core of the spoken word? What is that energy? What is that very thing that makes the word become the word? Let's go to the verse, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, let's stop there now. That's enough for a little bit. In the beginning, this is not your beginning. This is not the beginning of humanity. This is the beginning of the heavens and the earth. Just allow that to sink into your mind. Every time you've read verse 1, if you have believed that God was talking about the beginning of Adam and Eve, then you've missed it. He's not talking about their beginning. He's not talking about the beginning of humanity. He's talking about in the beginning. So, God created the heavens and the earth, which means the heavens and the earth had a beginning. Man doesn't show up till chapter 2. 
where does man show up? He shows up on the earth, which means it was already created. See, this fabric or the intention of, in God's mind is the very element that all the elements find its source of life from. The earth finds its source of life from this God element. Fire, God element. Wind, God element. Rain, water, God element. Ether, God element. So all the elements, everything in heaven and earth, everything finds its life source from this God element. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which means God created the heavens and the earth. That word created in Hebrew is the word um, to carve something out of something else. So God didn't just, hey, heavens and earth, pop out. No, he, his, when he spoke, his intention carved something out of something. Verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. So which means he's not talking about what the heavens look like. He's talking about what the earth looked like. So when God created the heavens and the earth, they were all created from what the earth looked like. See, God could have said, this is what the heavens look like and this is what the earth looked like. But if you were to, if you're reading scripture for what it is, it says, and in the beginning, God created the heavens, heavens, plural, not heaven, heavens, and the earth, singular. And then he goes to describe what the condition of the earth was. It was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. So which means God made the earth void, right? He made the earth without form and he allowed darkness to, to go over the face of the deep. And it is these three elements that God used to create the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, not your beginning, not man's beginning, this is the beginning of all of creation. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. You must understand, most creative people have bouts of depression and they think that it is a disease. People who are going through dark seasons of the soul, people who are going through, who are struggling with depression now, please, I'm not criticizing anyone, but I'm trying to show you a way out. God uses things that are without form, that are void and dark in order to create something, to carve something out of something, which means He created the heavens which are so beautiful, which are so majestic out of something that is void, that is dark, and it had no form. So which tells me that when you give something a form, you collapse away function. It ceases to exist progressively. We do that with our kids. We say, beta, 
I want you to become a doctor. I want you to become an engineer. The minute we put that on them, that's it. The minute they say yes and they allow themselves to go down that path, that's all they'll become. We put a cap by collapsing a wave function on the kids. We do that with our friends, we do that with the church. <laughs> we do that with our business. I'm only into this. No. The Bible says it defines human beings as like this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do let me repeat it again because I don't think you can hear or believe me. I can do all things. So which means if you're starting to become a fashion designer, you can also cook. So the God element that we're going to study over the next few weeks ladies and gentlemen is called Christ. Christ, who is Christ? What is Christ? So Christ ladies and gentlemen is this God element. Is this is this quantum energy that is in the father's mind that's in god's mind that gives life to everything and so i want you now to go with me to the book of ephesians chapter 1 and we're going to get into some fun stuff everybody say fun stuff so what we understood from genesis 1 is that in the beginning not yours and mine in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth okay So which means that you had a beginning before their beginning. Think about this. Christ existed before Jesus came to the earth. So which means you and I existed, man existed before he was formed. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. Man existed. You existed even before the earth was formed. Even before the heavens were formed, you existed. See, just before I finish the last message, I said, "Hey, Abraham's great grandson tithes to Melchizedek because he was in the loins of Abraham when Abraham was tithing." Where were you? What was God thinking? Come on now. What was God thinking when he was creating all things? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. It's going to be good, man. I tell you this series is phenomenal. It's going to change your life. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says this blessed be listen to the language now blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ okay who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places where in christ so which means christ is not just a person Christ is a dimension in which heavenly places exist. A lot of us have thought that Jesus Christ that's where Jesus began. 
Yes, Jesus began on the earth, but the Bible says that that Christ chose to come down like a man. But it doesn't mean that that's where it began and stopped. Christ was before all things. Christ was before the foundation of the world. And Christ continues even after Jesus came and is resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to present to you Christ is God, but He's also a dimension. And in that dimension are realms called heavenly places. And in those heavenly places are blessings that God has released, spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that has been stored up for you. Guess what? Every blessing starts off by being a spiritual blessing. It starts off in the heavenly places and then somehow comes into your life here. How does that happen? How does it happen? How does a blessing which is in the heavenly places in Christ manifest in your life? Does it manifest because somebody prays for you? Does it manifest because it's the right time, right place? Oh, bingo, I got lottery game. No. It's because of verse 4. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4 says this, Just as He chose us in Him, He's talking about Christ now, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. So we're talking about that himself is God the Father. Where we can see God the Father, we can see the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can see Christ here. There are three different aspects of God. Christ chose, Christ came. Christ was the very energy, the quantum energy that compounded over thousands of years and manifested as Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ. Even till today, after Jesus was resurrected from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father, ladies and gentlemen, Christ continues. He's continuing, compounding, compounding, compounding. There's something that God is doing. What was God thinking when He created the earth? Does He need another planet? Like why? Why this mess? Why all the drama, man? Why does He need to do that? unless he has something up his sleeve. Just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, so which means you existed even before the world existed. You existed even even before the world existed, even before the foundation of the world was laid. You are older than the earth. You are older, you existed even before the heavens were existed. Come on now. I'm getting your mind to be stretched today. But it's a good thing. 
And he says this, just as he chose us in him, in Christ, which means God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, which means you were in Christ before Adam fell. You were in Christ before sin existed. You were in Christ even before all the flaws existed in your life. You were in Christ, which means your starting place is Christ. You, oh, come on. Your starting place is the dimension called Christ. It's this, it's this consciousness that existed. It's this fabric. It is home. Heaven is not your home. Christ is your home because God chose you in Christ, which means you existed in Christ and because you were in Christ, He chose you to come to the earth. There must be a reason why. There's a reason why you're alive. Are you alive just to pay your bills? Are you alive just for a career? Are you, just, are you alive just to do ministry? Are you alive just to do a business? Is that what, is that all that you have to do? Just think about it, just think. You were in Christ and God chose you when you were in Christ to be holy and blameless in love. My goodness, you were, in, you were loved even before you came to the earth. You were in Christ even before you said the sinner's prayer. Oh, come on. You were in Christ even before Jesus died on the cross. Now, if you think about yourself like that, think about that guy that cut you <laughs> while you were having a holy moment with God in your car. Think about that person who takes that wrong U-turn. Think about that person that gets flashed because they're speeding and you laugh at him. Think, think about those, the, that boss that nags you at work. Think about that business person that is supposed to pay you whatever. Think about that person. Sure, they don't, they're not aware of who Christ is and who they are in Christ, but they will come to the awareness of it. And that's called salvation. And that's a work of grace and God does that. But who are we to judge? Because if I'm judging someone who is in Christ, who am I to judge? What qualifies me to judge them in a way that Christ doesn't see them? I don't remember the last time God saying something in a judgmental way about a person from another religion. In fact, he says, all of you are my sons. You just don't know you're my son yet. But there will come a point in time where I would show you, I will reveal, I will reveal myself to you. How did we get saved? He's, he just reveals himself to us. He reveals his goodness and it causes us to repent. And we're like, oh my goodness. He was in my life all along. You must understand Christ is known by different names in different religions. Everybody is pursuing the truth, but they don't know that the truth is Christ. Everybody, they call him the universe. They call him ether. They call him an energy. They call him mother nature, whatever they want to call him, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's Christ that they're describing. 
They're pursuing people pray so many times a day because they want Christ. They just don't know it. They go to temples and they go on pilgrims and they do all these things because there's a deep desire, there's a hunger on the inside of them for this element that you so freely walk around and you you know everything. But yet at the same time, we seem to forget where we were when we came to the awareness. We came to the consciousness of, wow, He is in every cell of my being. You must understand that who you are today, who you're looking at, if you're looking at yourself, you're looking at your neighbor, that is a compounded version of Christ. It's a God element. Have you ever noticed that that when a person is a king, there's this aura around them. They just walk around and there's just such an aura around them. What is that? Where did that come from? Where did that glory come from? It's not the glory of man. It's the glory of God that is on a king. And that's why we like some, some, some people bow down and they're like, whoa, hello, make room for the king. That's awesome. When you bow down and you honor somebody, you're honoring Christ. You're not worshiping a man. You must understand. God doesn't look at you, you, you saying, wow, you know what, you look beautiful today or you look handsome today. Man, that perfume was awesome. You think we're, we're giving men and women compliments, but actually you're complimenting Christ. When Usain Bolt runs fastest and, and that person throws the javelin furthest and, and somebody climbs Mount Everest, whatever, we're thinking that this man that does that. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's the fabric, it's the God element. It is Christ that is accomplishing all these things. just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame. You come into the world without blame. And He goes on to say this in verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. So the master plan that God has is okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you from, the, from Christ and I'm going to give you a form and Christ is going to energize you Christ is going to grow you. Christ is going to give you everything that you need. Christ is going to provide for you. Christ is going to educate you. Ladies and gentlemen, the heaven, when God made the heavens and the earth, He made it out of the same elements. Heaven and earth, the heavens and the earth are one. Everything in heaven and earth is all connected by the same fabric. Everybody that's sitting in this room is connected. We're all connected. You guys, it's not, we're not connected by religion. We're connected by Christ. And he's saying this, having predestined, you're you're predestined, which means whether you like it or not, and this is for all the people who love evangelism. We are all predestined, right? 
He predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, which means whether you like it or not, your destination is set. You came from Christ, you're going to Christ. God has set this. It's not about heaven or hell. It's about Christ. You must understand it's a dimension, it's a realm, it's a consciousness, it's a mind. You came from the mind of God and that's where you go back. Think about it. Just think about it. He predestined you. But as you came from Christ, as you came out, there was something that happened that, that you were detached from Him. You came in and He created a system by which you can be adopted as sons. Because of the fall, people, people choose. They choose themselves over Christ. And because of that, eventually you will end up, every single person will end up as a son of God. Whether you like it or not, every single person is going to end up as a son of God. Just think about this. What kind of a God, you are happy in Christ. Everything was fine in that realm for you, in that dimension. You were in the heavens, you were frolicking with the daffodils, all the angels were your friends. Everything was good. God took you out of there, sent you to the earth so He can send you to hell. That doesn't exist. That concept doesn't exist. Why do we put fear in people's minds of hell to send them to heaven? It's because we don't understand that we're predestined. We're destined. Every single, even your grandmother, great-grandmother, greatest grandmother who has passed away, trust me, the Lord has a plan for her. Because she came from Christ. She didn't come from a religion. She came from Christ. And God has predestined from even before the foundation of the world. That should give you hope. That should give you hope about family members. Some of us have such a pressure. Oh, I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my husband. I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for my father, mother, children. Everybody's praying for everybody to go to heaven. But that's not the destination. That's not the destination, ladies and gentlemen. The destination is Christ. We should be praying for Christ to be revealed in their life. Not them saying the sinner's prayer so that they don't go to hell. Christ be revealed. Christ be magnified. Wow, I love that song. Christ be magnified. Christ be glorified. When you lift Jesus up, when you lift Christ up, when you magnify Him, when you reveal Christ to the world, all of them begin to acknowledge Him as Lord. It's our responsibility. But let's move on. And in verse 10, he says this, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things. Hold on a minute. This is not just human beings now. God created all things, right? For a reason. Because he had a plan for you. He created the heavens and the earth 
We went through Genesis 1 about that. He created the heavens and the earth because he had something in mind. The heavens and the earth, ladies and gentlemen, and all of creation were the passage through which you and I passed through to become adopted as sons of God. So which means you were in the mind of God, but God's intention for you is that you would become a son of God. Oh, come on now. It's a greater calling. It's a greater purpose. You were in the mind of Christ, but God brought you to the earth so that you can become adopted to Himself. You can become one with Him as a son. So God gave a son so that He can have many more sons. So here He's saying that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things. Everybody say all things. All things. Say all things. What does it mean? It means all things. It means every single human being. It means every single animal. It means every single tree. It means every single fish in the sea, the birds of the air, the mountains, the valleys, everything that God has created, He's going to bring all things into one. Come on now. He might gather together, gather together in one, all things where? In Christ. Come on now. So He creates the heavens and the earth and He creates all the uh, birds and the bees and animals and mountains, valleys, all of that stuff only to bring it back to Himself. Wow. That's amazing. So He creates, wow, the earth was null and void and our darkness, wow, it was really horrible. He looks at it and He goes, I really like it. I really like it. I'm going to, restore all of these things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through a process and I'm gonna bring all of these things that I created. That was good, that fell because of man and all the mistakes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, got, I got a plan. I got a plan called Jesus Christ. I've got, a, I've got a plan. Christ is going to come and he's gonna become a man. He's gonna become like them so that they can become like us. And I'm gonna bring all of, they're gonna help me now to bring all things together. That gathering together, ladies and gentlemen, is our responsibility. When God was creating all things, He was thinking about your responsibility on the earth. That gathering together to make all things one. All things one. Where? In Christ. So it's your responsibility to gather all things in your life. Where? In Christ. But you need to know that you're in Christ first. You need to know Christ first in order for you to restore all things. The ministry of reconciliation, ladies and gentlemen, is the ministry that has been given to you and me. It's not the ministry of the evangelist, the prophet, pastor, teacher. All of that stuff is the offices, their gifts. But your ministry, core ministry, is to restore all things. Is to be a reconciliator of all things. To whom? In Christ, to God. Come on now. Now think about how you're raising your kids. Actually, let me rephrase that. How, you, how are you raising his kids? How are you running his church? How are you running his business? 
How are you treating his children that sit next to you in church? How do you treat your church? Let me just rephrase that. How do you treat his body? Because it's not anybody's body. It's the body of Christ. Wow, that's the same dimension you're supposedly from. When people alienate themselves, they actually cause themselves to, let me say this in a nice way. When people alienate themselves, they cause themselves to deteriorate. Our life source comes from the fabric that we're all connected to. There's a reason why it's called the body. Let me take you now to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Are you guys enjoying this? It's going to be one awesome series, man, I'm telling you. Christ. We love this verse. Okay, we'll read from verse 17. 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 17. says this, Therefore, not therefore, but therefore, if anyone, hold on a minute, doesn't say Christian now. It says, anyone. I just created the definition. I just explained what anyone means to you now. If anyone is in Christ, he is a... That doesn't say whether he knows he's in Christ or not. That's a separate subject altogether. But if he is in Christ, then the way, then what God has created them to become is a new creation. So which means the new, just like you were in Christ and then later on had a body, in the same way, they're a new creation that is waiting for them to reach there. So God has created the provision called new creation. People don't know it yet, but eventually it's been predestined for them to become in Christ. When they become in Christ, they'll become aware that I'm a new creation. Wow, I I didn't know, my goodness God. I didn't know all this while, but thank you so much for saving me. Right? Now, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And immediately it says, all things have passed away. Wow. They, They did not even wait for you to make all things pass away. When he created the provision for you to become a new creation because you are in Christ, it was an automatic change. There was something that shifted where all things just changed, became new. Oh my gosh, this is powerful. It says all things have passed away. Behold, all things, not all things, all things have become new. If you thought your life was awesome because you're a Christian, just allow your mind to fathom the greatness that God has in store for you. If you're trying to get that husband to repent, you're trying, you're striving. That's not your job. 
it's his job you've got to see him according to the new things you've got to see the city according to the new city you've got to see the lost as though they are sons that is when you will begin to see what God has already done. Must understand, this is new creation realities. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Wow, that old man passed away. Whew, behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. Then he goes on to say, now all things are off. Wow, this completely changes everything. All things are of God. Can I eat carbs? All things are of God. Can I eat meat? All things are of God. Can I fast? All things are of God. How many times you pray? All things are of God. Everything. Can I, can I, can I pursue this career? All things are of God. I can do. Who? Eat through Christ. Who? Oh, come on now. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. I'm really communicating some fresh revelation to us because God is saying all things have become new. We think like, okay, fine. You know, uh, if John looked like this, he'd probably look better. But it'll be John at the end of the day. No, all things have become new. You're a new creation. New creation means a new being, a being that never existed before. Why do we treat Christians like they existed before? I know this guy, man, before he got saved, same fellow, man. Nothing changes. Same thing, same story there, same story here, same story forever. I don't understand how you took God's place to make that judgment. When God has decided that anyone who is in Christ? All things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. And now he's saying, all things are of God. Wow. Who has reconciled us? Listen to the language now. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation? Wow. All things, people that we have termed not saved, all of them are of God. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, which means all human beings, ladies and gentlemen, are already reconciled. Some of them don't know it yet. So, who else needs a reconciliation? Because somehow we have a ministry called reconciliation. Wow. Verse 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. That word word is the energy. He's given to us the energy, the Christ, the message, the very quantum energy 
of God. He's given it to us so that we can reconcile all things to Him. See, the ministry of Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus came to reconcile all things so that we who are in His image and likeness, who are being transformed in His image and likeness, now enter into His ministry of reconciliation. You know what that word reconciliation means? It means to treat someone, actually not treat someone, it, it means to restore favor to someone. That's what ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation means treat someone with favor. They didn't have favor, now treat them with favor. That's what the ministry of reconciliation is. You see, all of creation, Paul says, all of creation is longing for the sons of God, for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because you and I have the ministry of reconciliation. We have the word of favor. I can speak a word and you are favored. Oh, come on, man. I don't have to say, Baba, you are favored. No, you special. You, you are special. You are favored. You're my favorite. No. My responsibility is to everyone that I extend favor to, now you are reconciled to the Father. When you experience the favor of God over your life because of my ministry to you, now you are now reconciled. You discover, oh my goodness. This is, wow, my Father. I want to be one with my Father. I've tasted His goodness. I've tasted. Ladies and gentlemen, all of creation is looking for you and I to favor them. That's it. That is the ministry of reconciliation. So your dog at home, favor it. The fish in the sea, favor it. The birds, favor it. People, favor them. Give them favor, not because they earn their favor, because you never earn favor. He was, he, he did not impute your sins against you, right? But he gave you righteousness. He gave you his, it is by grace through faith that you are saved. My goodness, you did not deserve it. Why do people have to earn your favor? See, we have been given favor. We're trying to, we're trying to, we read verses in the scripture that Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. So now I have to grow in favor with Pastor John and with everybody else, with God and Pastor John. And so because when I grow with favor with Pastor John, now I get opportunities to do this and do that. No, ladies and gentlemen, you're already favored. You cannot grow anymore in favor. Exactly, you're highly favored by God. And it is because of this, He's reconciled you. Because of Jesus, already reconciled you. He's favored and brought you. You are favored, man. You don't need any more favor. But all of creation, is waiting for you and me to favor them. Those people who are not conscious that they are new creations already, that God has already saved them, He's paid the price for them, it's our responsibility to extend the message of reconciliation. Not fight with other religions, not say only Christianity is right. We don't know, man. You don't know that their pursuit, that God would reveal himself in such a way to them, that might even, that you might think something else. That's not God, no, no, no. He has to come only this way. No, it's not. 
He can reveal himself to whoever he decides to reveal himself according to the way he sees fit. That is God. Who are we to judge other religions? Who are we to judge other people's faith? Let them pursue Christ. Let them hunger. There's a hunger in people's hearts for truth that sets them free. But it's how we treat people, how we treat the community that we're part of. How do we treat, how do you treat the people in Life Church Global, man? How do you treat them? How do you treat your life coaches? How do you treat the pastoral team in the church? How do you treat them? Do you respect them? Do you love them? Do you quarrel with them? Do you fight with them? Do you only think that? Ah, do you think that, that ah, these people have an agenda? No, the only agenda we have is reconciliation. And you must understand that the whole purpose of creation, what was in God's mind when he created the world? What was God thinking of? Reconciliation. He was thinking of reconciliation. And now what he was thinking about has become your ministry. That's your ministry. So how do you look at people who do wrong things according to your judgment, wrong things? Do you look at them according to Christ? Because Christ sees them as reconciled. Because they, they're already reconciled, there's favor. We must understand that God is teaching us something very pivotal today. It's pivotal for our life. If you're only trying to make ends meet, you're not experiencing the favor of God over your life. Because favor means that there is no thing in your life that you can't do. There is no thing in your life that limits you. I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me. So today church, I just want to bless you. This is just the first message. We're going to build on this and our lives are going to change. What an awesome God we have. What an awesome God we have. What an awesome church we have. Life Church Global, we love you. Can't wait to see you here. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to gather all together, hug one another. But while you're at your life group today, I just want you to, to love them with purpose. Favor them, love them, feed them. Do something, drive them to life group, take them around, do something, have coffee with them. Because when you do that, you are having coffee with Christ. Have coffee with Christ today. We love you, bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.